Welcome to Unity of Tucson. One of the things I'm struck with is the fact that, you know, Christmas comes around, well, for us twice a year because we always celebrate Christmas in July in this community. Uh, but Christmas is really every day if we really commit to the concept that Christmas is all about sharing the love that we have to share and really embracing that and, and expressing that in the world. So we're on the fourth Sunday of Advent, and each week we've done a theme of, for that Sunday. This week's theme is joy. Joy, joy to the world, right? And one of the things that I really started thinking about when I was considering what I wanted to talk about today is to start thinking about holidays past, you know, to look at my past and see how it perhaps has informed my present, uh, to really look at the winter experience, because, you know, it's winter, winter for a lot of people is a time for reflection. Um, you know, we get to the solstice, and it is the, the well, they call it the shortest day of the year. Well, the days are all 24 and a quarter hours, so it's not any shorter than any other. It's just the amount of sunlight that we have in the Northern Hemisphere on December 21st-ish uh, is reduced. So we look at that and we say, oh, I'm going to allow myself to deepen into a practice of understanding and allow myself to be quiet in the solitude of the moment. And you know, it's a very solemn kind of experience. And I'm like, that's great, but we can also enjoy the joy that there is to share. So if I look back at my Christmases and the holiday seasons of the past, I look and say, well, what was it like for me as a child? I had a particularly happy child, and I know that's not the same for every single person, but if we consider our childhood, what I would like for us to consider, if we consider that we didn't have as happy a childhood as we would like, to really focus on that, those aspects of it which were happy and which were joyful, and allow those to be the point of view from which our memories spring forth. Because the, the, the by allowing ourselves to do this, by saying, you know what, I know who I am, and I am a radiant point of joy, we are creating more of that in this moment, and in this moment, and in this moment. It's all about how we utilize our mind in the moment, and we can allow those things of the past, those hurts of the past, to absolutely destroy us if we let them, but we are not relegated to letting those things have any bearing on who we are right now. It is not a requirement to let those things have any bearing on who we are right now. So I want us, I want to encourage each and every one of us to really embrace the joy of the season. Now, some of you may have heard this before. Whenever I think about my holiday memories, there is a particular memory that comes to mind when I was about three or four years old. Now, I grew up in Tucson. Um, I grew up on 18th Street, just down by, near Country Club, close to Reed Park. And I remember in the house that we lived in, um, there, was a, there was a house across the street, and they had their nativity set out in front. And they put it up every year, and I didn't understand this because I was not brought up in a religious tradition. So I was like, okay, well, I guess that has something to do with Christmas. Might, you know. But for me, Christmas was like, I'm a kid. Christmas is all about the cookies and the candy and the toys and the things that we can get, right? Well, I've had a change of heart in terms of my approach, my experience of Christmas now. But back then, um, 
I didn't know what it was all about. Now, this nativity is also a very, it was a very 1970s, like, made out of plastic and lit up from the inside, you know? So they got there and they light it up from the inside. But it sparked my imagination, and I thought, well, that has something to do with Christmas. And I know that Silent Night is a song that we sing at Christmas. And so I decided I was going to do my own passion play. Not, my, not a passion play. I was going to do my own nativity play for my family. So I got a cardboard box out, and I got all the shredded newspaper, and I got a teddy bear, and I wrapped it in swaddling, and I put it in the, I put it in the cardboard box with all of the shredded up newspaper, and then I got a sheet off of my bed and decided that I was going to play Mary. <laughs> Even at four. And I got on my knees, and I sang Silent Night to my teddy bear. Because <laughs> that's, that's all I knew. I didn't really know the significance of the story. I didn't really know anything about it. It's just that was my understanding. And to do such a thing was a joyful experience for me. It was a joyful experience for me. The other things I think about are like family visits and how grateful I was when my cousins would come into town. And, and we would sleep. So my grandparents had a, uh, a motorhome and they would park it in the driveway. And when the cousins were in town, we would get to go sleep in the motorhome. And how fun was that? To be separate from the main house and like have our own little, it was almost like having our own little playhouse, right? And I also think about getting my first CD disc man and listening to Sade. <laughs> and, the, and my very first CD, the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. <laughs> So these are all joyful memories for me, right? And, 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 and those are the things that I look to and I say, you know what, I had a pretty good childhood. Now, I can look at the things that caused me pain in my childhood, and there are some of those things as well, but why focus on them? Why focus on them? There is absolutely no reason to ever give weight to any of that. And so that's the encouragement that I have for each and every one of us today, to whatever we can look at to our past that bears any weight or disappointment, let it go, because it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter. If you think it matters, it only matters because you think it matters. Get it? Because you've made a decision to carry it with you and allow it to matter. So joy, the thing that I, that I, that I really move to is joy is inherent. It is an inherent aspect of our beingness. It is not something derived from out there. Because I can look and say, oh, well, doing the nativity, my nativity play in my living room, and, 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 and getting to visit with the cousins and sleep in our little clubhouse of the motorhome and, you know, listening to my disc man and all of that. I could say that those are all things that brought me joy, and it's not true. How many of you think that things out there bring you joy? Think about it. They don't. They don't. We often confuse this idea that things in the world of form bring us joy. They cannot bring us joy. They can only reflect the joy that is inherent at the core of each and every one of us. So joy is first and foremost an inside job. And everything out there will be reflective of that which is right here within. So do you choose to live a joyful life? I do. I do. Am I joyful 100% of the time? Yes, even in the times when I'm not. <laughs> you know, we, we believe so strongly that there are things out there that are going to make us joyful. 
I'm having experiences with people, especially this time of year when people feel the weight and the pressure of, of the holidays. Anyone have that going on? They feel the weight and the pressure of the holidays coming down and bearing down upon them. And I just try to remind them that that too is a choice. Not a single one of us needs to feel any weight from anything out there. We can lift our spirits and understand that joy is right here flowing forth. So this is the season when we celebrate the birth of Christ. We celebrate the birth of Christ. Now, the birth of Christ, we hold to this teaching within the New Thought uh, paradigm. The birth of Christ means the bringing to consciousness, the bringing to awareness, the spiritual idea of ourselves to deepen into the understanding that we are inherently spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings. Ernest Holmes wrote this. Ernest Holmes, the founder of the other part of New Thought, religious science, he wrote, the Christ is not a person, but a principle. Jesus, the man, became the living embodiment of the Christ. And that is what we look to Jesus as a way shower of how we can become the living embodiment of the Christ, the Christ consciousness, the spiritual idea that is the core of who we are. Now, Christ itself, the word itself means anointed. It's not Jesus' last name. Christ is the principle. Christ is the principle. But what truly is the principle? The principle is this. There's only one life. That life is God's life, that life is perfect, and that life is my life now. That life is your life now. We are living the life of God and calling it our own, recognizing it and identifying it as our own. But it is so much greater than we could possibly imagine with our limited thinking. And so part of the joy that we can bring to this season is to unlimit our thinking to a greater expression and idea that is inherently who we are. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect even in its imperfections in the world of form. It is perfect. It is consistently flowing forth as perfection. And that life is our life right now. So the birth of the Christ, the birth of this Christ consciousness, the reason for the season, yes, I said it, the reason for the season is rediscovering our blithe spirit, the joy inherent within. Hmm. It's letting our God show in every aspect of our life. It's letting our God show right where we are. We get to let our God out. We get to let it show. One of my great... Sorry. One of my great spiritual teachers was a 19-year-old when she made her transition. And she was a remarkable, remarkable young woman who I look back on her transition and think to myself, this world was too limited for the God essence that she was expressing and it could not contain her vibrance in a limited capacity anymore. But she was once asked the question and she put the answer on video And so I transcribed her answer 
to the question. And the question was, what does it mean to say your God is showing? She said, when I hear the phrase your God is showing, it makes me think of how I'm not letting fear rule my life anymore. I'm not letting it be the motivation for anything I do. I'm letting my passion and my confidence in my beauty and my light leak out into every aspect of my life. Fear is no longer my motivation. Fear is no longer a part of my life. When I hear your God is showing, it makes me realize that fear cannot hide the beauty and passion and light that's within me. My God is showing when I'm doing what I love when I'm playing guitar, acting, singing, dancing, whatever it may be. My God is showing when I'm being myself and not letting fear or inhibition get in the way. She was 17 when she expressed that. That is, to me, incredibly remarkable. Such insight. I think there are some of me, I'm 48 and I'm still learning this. I don't know that I could have articulated quite as well as she did, but I'm also not going to make it a contest because I take what I hear and I say, this is applicable and I know who I am. How about you? How about you? Our God is showing when we understand our unity as the whole, as the wholeness of spirit. That's why I sang, wanted to sing the song, Holy Ground, today. And people will probably say, holy is spelled wrong. But in the sense of what that song is saying, it's actually not spelled wrong. It is purposefully spelled W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy ground. I'm experiencing and expressing as holy ground. Everywhere I walk is holy ground. It is whole and complete, just like me, just like you, just like each and every one of us. And as I deepen into this understanding, as I deepen into it, I get to more effectively use this in my life. And that's the teaching. We get to use this stuff in the expression and experience of our life. So we have a mission that is rooted in activity, love only. That is a directive, love only. Forgive everything, another directive, and remember who you are. You are the Christ consciousness. You are the love and the light, and you are the inherent joy that is divinity expressing itself in this manner right here and right now. So rediscovering our Blythe spirit is self and spiritual mastery. Our work is to master our inner wholeness, our self, and our understanding of ourselves as spirit. And we engage in this in many ways. We engage in this through spiritual education. We can read books and we can you know, study, 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 and I encourage study because it is study that was my entree into understanding this at a more deep level, to open myself up at the heart space, to embody this principle. So it is about mastering life. And Eckhart Tolle, or Meister Eckhart, not Eckhart Tolle, but Meister Eckhart wrote this. One person who has mastered life, is that you? One person who has mastered life is better than a thousand persons who have mastered only the content of books. But no one can get anything out of life without God. Without deepening in the understanding of who you are, which is God, which is divinity, which is joy inherent. 
One person who has mastered life is better than a thousand persons who have mastered only the content of books. But no one can get anything out of life without God. This is what Jesus understood. This is what Jesus expressed. And we are to be like Jesus. That is the point and purpose of engaging in this particular spiritual philosophy, to look at Jesus as a way shower, to look at Moses as a way shower, to look at Buddha as a way shower, to look at Muhammad as a way shower, to look at the great mystics of the world as way showers, to embrace and enliven our sensibility of the truth of who we are. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is our life right now. We are not here to appropriate. We are here to become illuminated. That's the journey of this thing called life. So I encourage you, learn the wisdom. Do the study. And then take it a step further to embody the study through practice. This is our path to rediscovering our blithe spirit to know the truth of our being, to know the truth of our being is to know our inherent truth. We are fundamentally Christ consciousness in action. The Christ is the abiding aspect of each of us, the possibility and potential of perfection expressed. Now, we are inherently perfect. Sometimes we cover up that perfection with what we call imperfection. But it is all perfect. You are perfect just as you are. You matter and you are enough. So the Christ is the abiding aspect of each of us that knows that so fundamentally that we cannot possibly be shaken from our course or our understanding or our faith of that. You are, we are, Christ consciousness is the radiant wholeness incarnate as us. And today, that is what we are here to do, to rediscover that blithe spirit at the core and live it wholeheartedly. Peace and blessings to you. You are magnificent. So the homework this week. Ooh, homework. Homework this week is to find a way to tap into that inherent blithe spirit in a different way, perhaps, than you might imagine. Um, see the world this week. I'm going to encourage you to really look through the eyes of childlike wonder this week, to really acknowledge and explore the world as a child, to allow that wonder to well up and overflow from within you. Find an opportunity at least one, but you can find many, if you like, to play. Did you get it? To play, to have a good time, to let go of the things that you think you must be, to allow yourself to express as the thing you inherently are. Find time this week to play. Do something new that feeds your soul. What do you say? Does that sound like good homework this week? Yes. Let's play this week. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.